Hi, I'm Carrie Hickenlooper with Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 11, What's So Great About the Brass Plates, Part 2. Oh my goodness, I love spring in Utah. This weekend, we got a lot of time to spend time outside, and it was gorgeous. We really have been experiencing some gorgeous spring days, and with three soccer games and a lot of yard work that we had to do, we were outside for a majority of the time. And so therefore, I kind of have a deep voice today because of those spring allergies that are lingering around. But that's okay because there are lilacs around and there are blue skies. So everything is going to be okay. So today we're going to continue with our question, what is so great about the brass plates? The brass plates were not only a record of the Jews, but once Lehi had them in his possession, he realized that they contained a genealogy of his forefathers. And we now refer to genealogy as family history, so I'm going to probably use those two terms interchangeable, and so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm intrigued. Traveling back to Jerusalem to get your family history? Was that worth the risk? We know the answer is yes. Let's put some teeth into that yes. Once Nephi and his brothers laid the brass plates in the hands of their father prophet Lehi, they not only gave him a tool to enlarge the memory of his seed regarding their place in God's plan of redemption, which we called last week spiritual grounding, but they also received a family history that preserved their belonging in the human family. The brass plates gave them the gift of their true identity. Now, I'm not sure if Father Lehi didn't know this before. I would be surprised if he didn't, but Lehi found a genealogy of his father's on the plates. Wherefore, he knew that he was a descendant of Joseph, yea, even that Joseph, who was the son of Jacob, who was sold into Egypt, and who was preserved by the hand of the Lord, that he might preserve his father, Jacob and all his household from perishing with famine. Laban was also a descendant of Joseph, and was a part of the lineage in which these records were being kept and passed down. And so that's why Laban had these plates. So Joseph of Egypt, remember Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons of Jacob, and his mother was Rachel. And he was highly favored by his father, resulting in a jealousy and a hatred by his older brothers, so much so that they sold him into slavery. That's a major jealousy. And then they went back and they told their father that Joseph had been killed. So remember, Joseph was then bought by Potiphar, who was an officer of the Pharaoh of Egypt, and he was the captain of the guard. So therefore, Joseph then became a slave to him. But because of Joseph's valiant faithfulness, Despite his trials, Joseph was highly favored by the Lord, and the Lord prospered the work of Joseph to the point that it impressed Potiphar so much that he made Joseph in charge of all of his household. 
And then Potiphar got to benefit from the prosperity that he received by the hand of Joseph. And Joseph also showed tremendous chastity and virtue by fleeing from Potiphar's wife, who was relentlessly pursuing him to quote unquote lie with her. And after being insulted by his refusal, Potiphar's wife then lied to Potiphar, saying that Joseph kissed her. And then Potiphar put Joseph in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and Joseph ended up finding favor with the keeper of the prison, who then gave Joseph leadership over the other prisoners, and everything prospered again under his hand. Joseph's spiritual gift of being able to interpret dreams was put to use, not only by a couple of prisoners that the Pharaoh had cast into prison, some that had worked in his court, but he actually ended up interpreting the dream of Pharaoh, a dream that was haunting him and that was reoccurring and and the Pharaoh wanted to know what the interpretation was. And so the Lord through Joseph was able to give that interpretation to the Pharaoh. So not only does the Lord help interpret the, the dream, but he also gives the solution through Joseph. Joseph tells the Pharaoh that his dream is basically telling him that there's going to be seven years of plenty And then there's going to be seven years of famine. And so the solution is, while there's seven years of plenty, go ahead and store the excess grain. And and so it was a grain storage program that he suggested. And the Pharaoh was so impressed by Joseph that he ended up making Joseph a leader over this food storage program. And the program prospered. It not only satisfied the needs of the Egyptians in the current area, but people from far away would travel to Egypt in order to be able to obtain some of the grain, which is what happened to Joseph's family. The brothers who forsake him came looking for assistance from him. So the story of Joseph shows how the Lord preserves his people always working for their good, even if it doesn't appear so at the time. And it shows that the Lord has a plan in place and it's being worked in order to be able to bless his faithful followers and he does prosper them. Is there any doubt in your mind that Lehi is being strengthened with the knowledge that he is a descendant of Joseph? Imagine Lehi was most likely in much need of this kind of reassurance. If Joseph can go through everything that he went through, but still be preserved by the hand of the Lord because of his faithfulness, what do you then think Lehi is going to do? Well, he's going to do what you would do. He's going to double down in his faith and he's going to find strength in my family has and will do hard things. Joseph did it and I can do it too. The Lord showed up for Joseph, and he's going to show up for me. Lehi was living day by day and being preserved by the Lord, and he was receiving instructions also through dreams about what the next step needed to be in order to be delivered. And Lehi, like Joseph, was also preserving his family. Though there were some that didn't think he was, he was. He was preserving them from either the sword or spiritual famine. And no doubt, Lehi found strength in that reminder that he is a descendant of Joseph. 
And if the Lord can guide, direct, and protect Joseph because of his faithfulness, the Lord will do the same for Lehi because of his faithfulness. Think of those who've gone before you in your unique family. What stories of faith can you draw strength from? Perhaps they were a pioneer who walked in faith toward Zion. Perhaps their patriarchal blessings contain promises about their posterity that would pertain to you. Or perhaps your ancestors did amazing things without knowing at the time where the direction was coming from. On Instagram, under the hashtag family history, I read an inspiring story about a great-grandmother who lived in the early 1900s. And she had been an actress in London, and she had two children, but unfortunately, her husband left her. But did she give up? Oh, no, she did not. She got to work. She started selling antiques and then eventually became an owner of a few antique stores. And she would go to these stately home sales and she would purchase clothing. And some of this clothing she would sell in her store, but others were donated or sold, I'm not sure which, to museums. And so her business became a family business in which this great granddaughter actually remembers tuddling around in one of these stores, then being run by her grandmother and grandfather. This great grandmother's strength and entrepreneurial spirit had supported and inspired generations after her, giving them an identity of belonging to awesomeness. The Lord preserved her efforts. This great-grandmother did hard things and did it so well that her great-granddaughter is inspired today because of it. That is the power that family history can have on us today. I am a descendant of Joseph. Listen to the confidence that rings in that statement. I am a descendant of Joseph. That is how Lehi began his last father's blessing to his son, Joseph. Now that's another amazing aspect of family history. We preserve our identity, many of us, by naming our children after those who have gone before us. Personally, for me, I have given each of my children a middle name. Their first name I intended to be their unique identity. Their middle name is to remind them of the attributes and characteristics of either their father or grandfathers or a great-grandfather. Each of these men were valiant and faithful. My daughter has my middle name. Again, an attempt to provide connectivity through establishing identity. And Lehi did the same. Lehi and Sariah had two sons born to them while they were in the wilderness. And a shout out to Sariah. I can't even imagine. They named these two sons Jacob and Joseph. Coincidence? I think not. No doubt their names were a reminder of what this journey was all about. And just like I did when naming my children, I'm sure that Lehi and Sariah named their two sons after men they hoped they would be like. And it worked. For hundreds of years after Joseph and Jacob lived, these two men were remembered as being just and holy men. But let's pay attention to something that I said a minute ago. By naming their sons Jacob and Joseph, I'm sure that it served as a daily reminder of what this journey was all about. 
It's about fleeing from Jerusalem, right? Well, yes. And it's about being obedient to the Lord. Yes, that's true too. However, it is so much more. As Lehi poured over his genealogy and the words of prophets before him, a conviction in his heart arose. He was reminded of the great covenants that the Lord had made with Joseph of Egypt. And we're going to study those in more detail when we get to 2 Nephi, specifically chapter 3 in 2 Nephi. However, imagine the awe and humility that must have come into Lehi's heart as he read the words of Joseph and discovered that he, Lehi, was being talked about by Joseph. That he was the branch that the Lord told Joseph would be carried into a far country. Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord when the Messiah cometh, for he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days. A thousand years before Lehi was ever commanded to leave Jerusalem, the Lord had told his forefather, Joseph, about him and promised that he would be preserved. The Lord had Lehi's back. The Lord was fulfilling his word. So from his readings, Lehi learns that the Lord is prepared to bless him for his faith, that their weaknesses will be made strong in their faith, and that the Lord will remember his covenants made with their fathers. Specifically, Lehi was living proof that the Lord was preserving the seed of Abraham. So Lehi must have had a reassurance that it was all going to work out. And peace and trust must have filled him that he wasn't being just led into the wilderness only to be abandoned. But there was a purpose that was established a thousand years before he had a heartbeat. And then when he reads that the writings of his seed, when coupled with the record of the Jews, is going to be able to confound false doctrines and lay down contentions, establishing peace, that must have fortified him and also his son Nephi of the importance of writing down their testimonies and the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That they had a purpose, an intentional purpose, and furthering the work of the Lord. In his father's blessing to his son Joseph, Lehi promises Joseph that because he will hearken to the brass plates and because of covenants that the Lord had made with Abraham and reaffirmed through Joseph of Egypt, that Joseph's seed shall not be destroyed. So I want you to pause for a moment and think about what protection or assurances or tender mercies are you currently experiencing because of the faithfulness of those who have gone before you? I often mistake that I am living an individualistic life, that everything that comes to me is because of my own actions or inactions, when really I reap the blessings of those who have gone before me. My identity is linked closer to those in my family history than I think I even realize. I am living the blessings of those who came to America guided by the hand of the Lord, those that fought for the preservation of my God-given liberties, those who fought to abolish slavery, 
so that I can live a life that truly believes that all men are created equal in the sight of God because he is not a respecter of persons. And though I do not have a pioneer ancestor that actually crossed the plains by virtue of my baptism, those pioneers have become my people. And the blessings of preservation and prosperity that they received because of their faithfulness continue to be the most sacred blessings I receive in my life. My grandparents, my mother and my father, they were all converts to the church who aligned their lives to abide by the Lord's teachings. Their faithfulness has wrapped me in the arms of the Lord and His strength which has given me my identity as a covenant-keeping daughter of God. The power of the brass plates cannot be underestimated. This family needed to remember who they were, both with spiritual grounding and the knowledge of their true identity and what they were actually carrying out. And after reading the brass plates, Lehi was filled with the Spirit and prophesied concerning his seed. And I believe that these blessings are available to us as we read the Word of God specifically in the Book of Mormon and then study our own family history. There is a tenderness that fills us as we reflect back with gratitude for the works of those before us. We need to remember them. Our children need to learn of them. And what inspiration can we receive not only for ourselves, but for our children as our hearts are drawn to those who went before us and as we are studying and reading the Word of God? We too, like Lehi, can be filled with the spirit of prophecy and know exactly what our families are in need of. What is the Lord waiting to reveal to us? the very personal messages that he needs our family to receive. Elder David A. Bednar has given us a beautiful promise to our youth when he extended an invitation to them in 2011 to increase their participation in family history. And I'm going to read it. He said, As you respond in faith to this invitation, your heart shall turn to the fathers. The promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be implanted in your hearts. Your patriarchal blessing with its declaration of lineage will link you to these fathers and be more meaningful to you. Your love and gratitude for your ancestors will increase. Your testimony and conversion to the Savior will become deep and abiding. And I promise you will be protected against the intensifying influence of the adversary. As you participate in and love this holy work, you will be safeguarded in your youth and throughout your lives. Sister Scriptorians, did you catch that? Everything we desire for our children can be given to them by following this principle. Protection from the adversary, a deeper love and need to follow the Savior. If it had enough strength to bring Lehi and his family here to the land of promise and continue to propel Nephi with a a drive to have his children profit from it as well, surely it is good enough for the needs of our children that they face today. As you 
listen to that promise from Elder Bednar. Do you not see the parallels that Lehi also received by obtaining the brass plates and reveling in it? There are lots of things that we can now do with family history. We can build a family tree in FamilySearch.org. We can participate in indexing. We can search Pinterest for creative ways to engage ourselves in remembering our ancestors. One of the neat things that I saw on Instagram also under that hashtag family history was a, a person had made a garden of favorite flowers and plants of their ancestors. And I thought that was touching that each time that spring comes around, They are being surrounded by remembrance and joy of those who have gone before them. There are recipes that need to be a part of your family traditions. Songs of times gone by that our ancestors might have loved. So much can be done to increase our spiritual grounding and solidify our true identity by engaging in family history work. Sister Scriptorians, I challenge you to think of an ancestor that has gone before you, to write down the attributes and characteristics that you most admired about them, your memories, their likes and their dislikes. Share it with your family, find joy in it, and find a way to engage your children in doing family history work. Have a good day.